If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Well, what are we doing, bro? And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back, Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. Four o'clock hour, Clay Harper will join us in just a couple of minutes. I'm live at Creekside High School. By the way, uh, this is the place to be Friday night. I'm a couple days early. Huge football game down here in St. John's County as, you know, we're getting to the back half of the season in high school football, so we'll have the Blitz scoreboard show coming up 9 o'clock on Friday. But it doesn't get much bigger than Bartram Trail Creekside and almost anything. But when you're in the same district, that magnifies it. And then when you're both pretty good, well, that amps it up to a new level. Oh, yeah. Creekside uh, has performed probably better than anybody else has uh, would have imagined. They lost to Buholz, who appears to maybe be the class of the district. Outside of that, they've won every game, and they've won scoring, big points. They've played some defense. They've won in the rain. Bartram Trail, same thing. They're undefeated, and they can shut you out and win 17 nothing like they did last week against Fleming Island, or they can go put up 59 and beat St. Augustine like they did a couple weeks ago. So it should be electric here at Creekside High School on Friday night uh, in just a couple of days. It's a big one in the high school football ranks. It's actually not our game of the week. Uh, my kids are like, why isn't it the game of the week? <laughs> <It's a good laughs> why you it up? Yeah. I'm like, well, because we do this in a predetermined manner. So we used to do, like, the vote, which other stations do in town. And that's cool. Like, it's we used to do that. But when you do the vote, guys, like, it, you don't know the winner until thursday at six o'clock basically or thursday at 10 o'clock and so we have a lot of moving parts because we're doing our show on the radio now out of our game of the week and we're also partnered up with jaguars prep and whataburger and others uh on our friday night blitz coverage and we have like our radio stations going out and u.s army and so we have all these kind of moving parts to get in line where if we did that at like eight ten o'clock on thursday night it would never work so now we do our like a pre- um, established game of the week where we can really spread things around. We've been everywhere, uh, as you guys know, but on Fridays. And, like, and if the NFL can flex, so can Brent Martino, right? Yeah, no? well, you got to be a little <laughs> careful to flex because, you know, the, it's on the schedule. We, we did talk about doing that, but here's the other part of it. We don't want to duplicate schools. So you've got to be careful. Like we, I think we have Bartram Trail Nice. I don't know. i got to double-check. But later in the year, we might have Bartram Trail Nice. And so then that would have duplicated the school. You know, listen, if you want to blame anybody, blame Stuart Weber. Awesome. I'm just looking for All someone right. to go to. Yeah, Stuart Weber, usually I'm the guy to blame, but Stuart's the guy to blame. <laughs> it's, fun. it's more fun to blame you, though. It is it more is fun more to blame fun. you. But like, Stuart's give, not here. Listen, here. I give Stuart credit. He does an unbelievable job. So if I'm going to give him credit, I'm going to give him the blame. He's going to be the quarterback. He's the quarterback of the Friday Night Blitz. And so if you're mad... Uh, be mad at Stewart. It's only and 
fitting that our quarterback is the size of Kyler Murray. Awesome. <laughs> World class. We're getting balls batted down at the line consistently. Awesome. Uh, so anyway, we will be here, by the way, at Bartram in Creekside. And uh, it just won't be our game of the week. Instead, uh, I think we're at, uh, we got Jackson as uh, we're on Main Street as our game of the week, who also is very good uh, this year and having a nice season. Brett Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. We have Clay Harbour on. Oh, oh what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Harbor is on. Nice. Yeah, Clay's on. Love it. What an introduction, man. That is that is by far the best introduction I've ever gotten. I appreciate that. That's you even should... better than when I walk in and my dog's been at home for a couple hours by himself <laughs> and he's so excited to see me. Like that's great. You should uh, I don't know I don't know if he's busy. I assume he's not, but the hype man that used to travel with the mighty mighty Boston's, you should hire that guy to carry around a big boom box and then play that whenever you enter into a room. He's gotta be a couple of feet in front of you and just announce your presence with that song. I think that'd do well. Like maybe going into a bar, I'd probably have. I'd probably be married by now if I had that. You know, forever you'd be like, "Wow, this guy must be important." Jeez. How many well, conversations usually revert back to you being married? Maybe almost all of them. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, more than they should be, especially when I'm talking to my mom. I feel like she could be calling me about anything, and it always reverts back to if I've. If I'm getting married, I go, Mom, I haven't decided to get married since two days ago when I last talked to you. So, <laughs> but I know The Bachelor has an accelerated time frame, but, I mean, come on, Mom. <laughs> hey, uh, you went to, was it Dwight High School in Illinois? Yeah, that's pretty impressive. You know that. It's a very small school. It's impressive yeah. or scary? Which one? Yeah, so if you went to Dwight High School... What was, like, the Friday night coverage? Did anybody go to your games? Was it a big deal? Was it a, a, the scene good? I mean, I don't know. Does Chicago cover high school football? It's such a big market. Brent, I'm telling you, man. Like, I'm from the sticks. My entire town has 3,000 people. I graduated with 60 kids. We had three high schools that came together to form one school that was a 3A school. I'm, I'm talking children of the corn. I'm out in the <laughs> cornfield. There's nothing going on out there. Our families, I mean, the only show in town was the high school football game. So there was no real coverage out there. Yeah, I was the kicker, the punter, the, the wide receiver, the safety, <laughs> and the kick returner, the punt returner. It was every position. Sounds like your time on the Eagles. I was going to say, it's, <laughs> and, it, and it took Chip Kelly and the Eagles to get you an outside linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I called up your high school coach. I uh, had some film. Before we talk football. We would like to talk taxes with you. <laughs> mm -hmm. That Not only taxes, I also want to ask him about uh, this Devonta Adams thing, but go ahead with your taxes. Uh, so anyway, we were talking earlier in the show, and we're, what were you guys bringing up? Like Josh Allen, Casey saw Josh Allen, who's making like $45 million a year. I saw it. Has, has to pay like, what, $28 million or $23 million in taxes? Is, oh, yeah. is that what you saw? Yeah, I saw the same thing, yeah. Yes. So so what I was, I was telling Casey, I don't know if everybody knows this, but athletes and some of that like he had to play the rams in the opener well he has to yep. pay california taxes for yep. that game right you pay state tax and city tax in every city and state you play in on top of everything you're getting half every every person is getting sometimes less but you're getting half of what you make in the nfl and there's no sheltering that you can't you know you're not a a uh, big-time real estate guy where you can show a loss. I mean, you're, that you're getting half of your check. So 
like who obviously somebody does that for you but you, if you go play the Titans, it's like no state income tax, so that's a good thing. Well, is that something your tax guy figures out, or is that something that gets figured out before it hits your paycheck? I think it's 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 up it's to the taken out of our It's taken out of our paycheck, mm. but then, I mean, we had to pay a lot for a tax, for a specific tax guy, because all the different... Uh, the rules, yeah. If you go to London, you know, it's a little bit different, too, and, you know, there's a lot of different um, things, and you got union dues. You got your entertainer yeah. tax. If I was a football tax, player, if I was a yeah. football player playing in London, I would be paying none of their tax. What are they going to do? Send their IRS after me? They ain't coming. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, that ain't happening. Come get it, London. No taxation, London. <laughs> exactly. Here's some here's some tea into the Atlantic for you, London. <laughs> yep. I haven't looked at like Spotrack or whatever, so I don't know like the most you made in a season. But when you got whatever check you got, how appalling was it? Like at what was taken out? It was nauseating, yeah. It was. Uh, it was not good. It was not good. Uh, I mean, I I wasn't a big. I wasn't a Josh Allen guy. I mean, I'd make most. I made was two million in a year. But I mean, you get, you know, you're getting half of that. So it's it's pretty crazy. I didn't know about it until my first check. I didn't know what taxes were. I thought taxes were a flat rate that the people were complaining about because when they made more money, if you're paying twenty five percent. And you make a hundred grand, you're paying, you know, twenty five thousand. Then I thought the people were complaining because they're paying fifty thousand if they're making two hundred. I didn't realize it was going all the way up to like forty percent. <laughs> like, wow, this is incredible. This is incredibly nuts. bad for you. Hell of an education. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, you know, now I want you to add uh, ESPN six ninety analyst, uh, former uh, Bachelor star. Uh, former Jaguar Eagle, and now ESPN 690 accountant to your resume. Oh, okay. Oh, perfect. So, I'll, I'll update my LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> so now that now that we know how much you paid in taxes, I want to pivot to another question we've been arguing about for the last two or three days. Yeah. If you were the photog who got shoved by Devontae Adams, are you trying to get that cash or are you letting it go? Oh, yeah. You saw, I, the, yes. the first thing there I tweeted. There you go, Clay. There you the go. The first thing I tweeted. After the after the show, everybody's talking about Devontae Adams. I tweeted a picture of a guy in neck brace, and I said, "This is the dude showing up to work tomorrow." <laughs> you guys probably don't remember this, but Dennis Rodman kicked a cameraman. Yeah, back in the 90, 97 Chicago Bulls. I right, mean, the jewels, I think. Wasn't I mean it wasn't a big kick, but and he hit him in the leg. And the next day, you see on the news, this guy's walking around <laughs> with the neck brace on. Like, well, Three crutches. Chin, and he's got a surgical he's got boot. A neck brace on. This is incredible. I can't believe Dennis Rodman's that strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah bank account is strong. It came up with flesh. Hey, you know, but, hey, Clay, here's what I said about that, though. Devontae Adams doesn't have a history of it. Rodman had a history of doing all those stupid things. Like, this was just... I, I would not have done this, filed the police report. I, I'm, I guess I'm not in the minority. I did a poll. It was like 50-50. But these two guys, they just want his money. Listen to Brett Lye. Yes. This guy's probably making 100 k a year. You know, he looks at Devontae Adams' contract. This guy just shoved him on the ground in front of everybody. National TV embarrassed. Yeah, you go. You go to the hospital. You have your girlfriend maybe break a break an arm or a rib or something. <laughs> I don't know. And you take this guy to the bank. 
Come on. <laughs> yes. How could she do? This is a guy, by the way, that plays between the lines. Like <laughs> he gets it, Brian. He gets it. He gets it. <laughs> uh, you really were trying to get more Instagram followers from the Bachelor, weren't you? Oh, absolutely. Any, any, any means necessary, brother. Any means necessary. Uh, my man Clay is speaking the truth right now. <laughs> hey, uh, are you? I actually am. Once I saw this, I'm a little surprised. Some of this frustration doesn't boil up. There are a lot of people on the NFL sideline, and, and in end zones, and in the way. Yeah. And I'm a little surprised that it doesn't happen more often. Aren't you? People get run over all the time, but it's not like a vicious attack like Devonta Adams. Guys <laughs> <laughs> walk into the locker room, and he was pretty close to him. Obviously, after a loss, like the cameras in your face, like I don't under, I don't condone it, but it's like you understand in the way they lost. Sure, he caught the ball. He's bobbling out of bounds. He thought he had the catch. He scored two touchdowns. They're about to beat the Chiefs. They lose a heartbreaker, and this guy's in your face, and you're just furious. I mean, man, I mean you're. You, you're really almost inconsolable at that point. You're so mad, but you're trying to keep it under wraps. And I mean, that stuff happens, you know? I mean, yeah. it shouldn't, but... Yeah, I'm a little surprised it doesn't happen. I don't remember too many instances like it. You know, oh, what yeah. I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for, like, uh, the guy to throw the football in celebration and just, like, Marsha Brady, the security guy. Like, <laughs> now, is that guy suing him? <laughs> uh, I don't know if, if the security guy, probably... Probably, and then you also got the, uh, I heard the spectator that ran onto the field and got clotheslined by Bobby Wagner, whoever got him, is uh, filing a police report as well, and he says he has a concussion. Yeah, he's he's already filed, he's going to try and extract some money from Bobby Wagner, yeah. Yeah, that uh, that one's also stupid, like that should not be rewarded by our judicious system. But we can't put those in the same category. Yeah, one was unprovoked. Yeah, one guy deserved to be paid. Another guy, not so much. <laughs> Although the law will probably see it the same way. Uh, hey, uh, Clay Harbor, you ever play in a game where you got 422 yards and couldn't score a touchdown? Oh, man. Um, I don't recall that. I, I honestly <laughs> don't recall that. I was there, man. That was tough on the watch. Yeah, you were there. I hope alumni weekend was good. Uh, I mean, just incredible, right? I, two fourth down plays. That Obviously, the boneheaded interception by Trevor Lawrence. And... Like, almost had a here-we-go-again kind of feel. Uh, they were up and down the field. How do you look at this offense? We talked about earlier in the show. I don't think it's a broken offense, but it's broken when it comes to big plays, red zone plays, and, and the important parts of the game, it feels like. They, they just consistently haven't been able to make those plays this season in camp when you were out there as well, Clay. Uh, but I, I don't think the offense is broken. What, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think it's a broken offense. I think Doug... Um is going through a little bit of a of a rut. I mean, people are looking back to Philadelphia. I'm kind of throwing that game out the window because that was a downpour. That's tough to play in. So for me, this is really the first game to where I'm like, you got to do better, and you got to. Re- they still had over 400 yards of offense. Trevor did throw that. That was one of the worst interceptions I remember seeing. I mean, in a long time. But still, the offense did well. Uh, James Robinson wasn't running the ball well. I know people wanted to see more runs, but he wasn't running the ball great. He wasn't getting a good yard per carry average. Uh, ETN really stepped up, had, was averaging seven yards pop there. But, you know, you just have those games sometimes. I think people are saying we're going back to the old Jaguars. The old Jaguars, I mean, we were getting 200 yards a game, not 425, so... This is definitely not the old Jaguars. Trust me, I was on those teams. I'm still, I'm still very encouraged by what I'm seeing with these guys. And 
you know, I really want to see. I, I there were some drops too. Like Zay Jones had some big drops. I think Marvin had one. Um, there were some drops, and and for them to have as much success as they did when Christian Kirk and Zay Jones combined for like 25 yards of offense or two big creation signings is still pretty impressive. It was good to see Evan Ingram show up and yeah. another weapon. Obviously, I think they got to beat the Colts this week. After you lose to the Texans, you've got to beat the Colts. The Colts are coming off a big win. And uh, really, I mean, after the way they beat the Commanders in the last seconds there, Carson Wentz just gifting an interception in the end zone when the when I thought that uh, the Commanders should have won, I think it's a big game this week. And you got to get this W if you want to stay in that race for the South. We've talked a lot about the emotional roller coaster that's been underway for the Jags fans this year, starting in the offseason where you didn't know what to expect, going into the preseason where hopes were high, you enter yeah. into the season, and then they get even higher after a couple of big wins, especially against the Chargers and a division rival in the Colts, and now back down to earth as you lose to the Eagles and then the Texans. Yeah. Has this reconfigured your expectations for the team this year? I know you say you're 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 encouraged by what the team has and what they can do. You, you're thinking positively about that roster still, but is it the same kind of positive you were feeling two weeks ago, or, or has it reconfigured your expectations for what's going to go on this season? It's not to say I, I did lose a little bit of confidence in this team with the way that they weren't able to get the ball in the end zone last week. You know, I really thought they were turning over a new leaf and and that Trevor was really going to take this leap and, and be one of the, I mean, I was thinking top five, six, seven quarterback in the league, you know? I mean, I was, I don't know, probably getting a little ahead of myself. He's still a young guy, 23 years old. But this is a big week. I don't want to get too down. To me, I, I know it's still a football game, and both teams had to play in it, but that Eagles game was tough. And I kind of want to throw that one away for the Jags just because that's an uncommon game for any team to play in. So the Texans, the defense played well. The offense moved the ball well. He couldn't get in the end zone. There were still some positives there. Now let's come back against the Colts. you got to get this win to stay in this race. So, I mean, I'm still seeing great things from a lot of Devin Lloyd. You know, I still like Foye Luakun. I, I still like, you know, a lot of the uh, ETN is still popping to me. Um, Evan Ingram showed up. And I think they got to get Christian Kirk more involved again, but – I'm still seeing the things that, that make me think that this team is still a competitor and still can win this division. Clay Harbor with us, former Jags player, of course, former Philadelphia Eagle, uh, talking NFL with us each and every Wednesday, 4 o'clock on Brent and Friends. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, I want to ask you about Kirk. What did they do to him, and how can they get him back involved? Because it's important. I want your thoughts on Travis Etienne versus James Robinson after what we watched on Sunday. And also, you mentioned drops. There's a lot of conversation going on about Trevor and the way he throws the football. Is yeah. that a little bit over analysis or you're a guy that used to catch footballs for a living? I want to see how you feel about that topic when it comes to Trevor. It's all in the way. Brent and Friends on ESPN 690 here on a Wednesday. More with Clay Harbor, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz next on ESPN 690. here to Creekside High School, watch a little baseball today on the back of the pickup truck. Brent Ortnow, Aaron Schachter back in the studios. Casey Kurtz back in the studios. Clay Harbor, I think he's in Chicago. He sometimes goes to New York. He was in Jacksonville this week. <laughs> Where is Clay Harbor? 
He's actually in New York City right now, sunny New York City. You can always tell by which accent he's favoring on the air. <laughs> I'm New York, New York. Uh, so how long will you stay in New York now? I'm going to be in New York uh, all week long. Um, uh, next week I got a couple of speeches back in Chicago, so I'll stay, uh, I'll stay out in New York City until then. Who does your schedule? <laughs> I do. I take care of everything. I have a manager for my uh, for my speaking engagements, but besides that, I just do everything. Old, good old Google Calendar. I carry around a notebook uh, planner that has all my stuff in it, so that's how I keep everything together. Man, you are uh, you're all over the place. You know, we have Jordan DeLugo on on Thursdays, and you're doing a podcast with Jordan as well, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah. Jordan's my guy, man. Love Jordan. We're uh, believe in Jags. We do a Jags podcast. I'm starting up a uh, a Bears podcast here, so a lot of cool stuff in the works right now. Now listen, Clay, Jordan might be your guy. Where your guys play. It's <laughs> getting <laughs> <All right. laughs> Yeah. My bad. Jordan's <laughs> number two. <laughs> he does have a cool beard, though. Um, so <laughs> there is that. Uh, all right, hey, I got a bunch I want to ask you. You mentioned the drops. How much... Yep. How I mean, how much is this on? Like again, take away the Philly game because of all the the weather stuff. Fine, uh, but there's been, I think there were seven claimed drops in that game, and the one that we were going back and forth on with the fans on social media because everybody wants to pin everything on Trevor. And yeah, do I think it was a little bit high? Probably. But the first one over the middle to Zay Jones, like that's a drop, isn't it? Drop, drop, not even close. That's a drop. You get both hands <laughs> of the ball. That's a drop. And- all this nonsense about what kind of ball the quarterback throws, no. That doesn't matter. If, if the guy's getting it there, you should be able to catch the football. And Trevor's not throwing punts out here. Uh, our boy Blake Bortles used to throw. He would throw some ducks now. I, I'd be like, what is, this, you know, what is this ball coming at me? If you're in the NFL, you should be able to catch any football that's coming at you. It doesn't matter if you is it funny, if it's wobbling a certain way, even if it's a left-hander. That's a different spin. It's been in the opposite way. No, you catch the football. It's not that difficult. And that Zay Jones, that the high balls are easier to catch than the low ball. Give me a high ball all, all day long. A ball over my eyes, that's an easy catch. You put your thumbs, you get your thumbs together, you've got to make that play. That is 100, 1,000% a drop. And we saw Evan Ingram make the play, like a little bit later in the game. So, like, I guess there's an element where some of these guys got to help out. Now, do you see a problem with him throwing the changeup sometimes, the touch plays? Uh, because he does have a rifle arm, and you want to chuck it in there when you got a rifle arm. But does he have a little bit of an issue at this stage of his career with uh, the touch passes? I mean, you could put, you could put some touch on it. I mean, if the, whatever he throws at you from my standpoint, the way I looked at it, I didn't care – how hard he was throwing it, if he's throwing it soft, let that, that's the quarterback. But as far as receiver, if you can't catch a hard pass, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be playing in the NFL. But if you can't catch his changeup, you just got to be prepared for what's coming towards you. Let the quarterback figure that out. If he wants to put touch on it, if he wants to fire it in there, you catch the football. Your job is to catch the football. My job was to catch the football, and that's all I focused on. There's a difference between you should be able to and you would be expecting it in this position. Like, doesn't it at least increase the degree of difficulty on the play when it calls for a little touch, but you're getting the fastball? Yeah, I guess it increases the the difficulty, but if the ball's hitting your hands, I don't care how it gets there. I don't care if he 
if he punts it to you, like if the <laughs> ball's in there in your hands, you, you got to make the play. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the way I look at it as a you know as a receiver as a tight end. If the ball's there, you got to catch it. And that's how the coaches grade it. They'll say, oh well, he threw this one a little hard, so you know it bounced <laughs> off your face mask. So we'll you know, we'll give you a little a little you know you can you can just take this. This will be a plus instead of a minus. You threw it too hard. For, no, you got to catch the football. Yeah. Well, to that degree, the Jags receivers have to help him out a little bit more. He has to do better. He, he can't throw that pick. He has to make better decisions. But they've got to also help him out is uh, certainly a thing. And I guess to go along with the receivers, they got to get Christian Kirk going again, man. He had six catches the first three games, each of those games. He's got, like, hardly anything happened in the last two weeks. What did you see from Christian and how they defended him and I gotta believe if that works so well, other teams are going to try it from time to time throughout the year. You know, the tag Lovey Smith has typically been a cover two um a cover two uh defensive guy and early in the season he was playing a lot of one high safety. I know against the Bears, he played a lot of one high safety early in the season. I think he popped I don't know the exact numbers, but I saw a lot of cover two, two man and a lot of different things going on in the Jaguars game and the first thing is you only got you only got Kirk three targets all game long, one catch for 11 yards. Like, that's all we can do. Get him a couple screens, get him open, and, yeah, they covered him well. They're they're doing a lot more press and, and cover him tightly. But I think I think that Kirk is, is still open in some of the plays, but so are other players. I, honestly, they just kind of execute. You take away those seven drops, I mean, maybe you have one drop. Instead of completing 25 passes, Trevor's competing, completing 32 passes, 31 passes, and now you got a complete different ball game. And instead of having a, a completion percentage around 50, he's got a completion percentage around, you know, a little under 70. So I think overall you just got to get more targets to Kirk and, and Zay Jones. Zay Jones actually had a good number of targets. He was just, he just dropped a couple of them, and especially that one over his head. I, I definitely say that was a drop. Yeah, and that could have really got him going early in the game. You know, that's what that – it was like a tone setter kind of play, and, and it just didn't happen. So the Jags have to do better. I mean, Trevor has to be better. This isn't like an excuse segment on Trevor. He's got to be better. He can't make the pick. Like, we all know that. But we can't ignore the receivers the last two weeks, and I think it's been lost in the shuffle of Trevor's poor play. And the receivers are not stepping up either, and they've got to do better. They were really good in the first three weeks, and yep. they've got to get back to being really good. All right, the guy who was the best offensive player for the Jags on Sunday was Travis Etienne, yep. and it popped. And what does that mean now, Clay? When you see Travis Etienne look the way he looked, what does it mean going forward? What does it mean for the balance of him and James Robinson? We've had a lot of conversations over the last couple of days. Are we about to see a little bit of a rotational flip from Doug Peterson and how he's using his running backs? I think you do. I think you you split it more to a 50-50 for now, and then you give them you give them the opportunity to say, okay, who's going to be more effective, efficient? You know, against the Colts, maybe we go 50-50 snaps. Each hand, when he gets the ball, is averaging a whole yard more almost, a yard more per carry. You can you can see how much quicker he is than, than honestly, than it seems like than every on the field. So it seems fast. like he's running at a different speed. Yeah, it, it feels like he is just at a different speed than every on the field. In the last couple weeks, he showed me he's not just a speed guy. He'll he'll put it in there. He's not scared of contact. He he will deliver a hit and he he will run hard. 
So I love Etienne, and I think he can be a very special player. And then in the past game, too, he, had four, he was a big-time receiver last week. He was, what, third on the, on the team? He had three catches, 43 yards, five targets. So he's a weapon. you got to have him on the field. I love James Robinson. I, I love the little thunder and lightning, but, you know, James Robinson didn't have a great game. He, he had 10 carries for 2.7 yards per carry and 27 yards, and most of those were one-yard runs. I'm not saying it's his fault on some of those, but ETN's more productive. To me, you got to give ETN the ball more. Clay, we were talking a lot about thunder and lightning uh, yesterday specifically. I was looking at some stats about James Robinson, how many carries he needs to have his James Robinson kind of game versus how many carries he's been getting and the performance we've been seeing. But the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking that Travis Etienne kind of it works against him to be good in this thunder and lightning just because Etienne is such an X-factor player. He doesn't need to be in the backfield to make a play, or at least he doesn't need the handoff. To make the play so while James I think needs to consistently get fed to the tune of 20 times a game which is what we saw in the stats when we looked at it when you got a guy like ETN out there it's it's almost impossible to get him that amount of carries don't you think I don't think it's impossible but I get what you're saying because you, you don't want to just sit there and hand the ball off to him and I agree that he's not the guy I'm talking to some of the Jags coaches when we were at camp you know, I'm talking to him, like, what do you think about ETN? I'm talking to, you know, guys, like, around the organization, like Mark Pollard. I said, hey, you got two great backs here. James can run the ball in the middle. He loves an interior run. ETN's a guy that likes to likes to run outside. He likes to run around people. But, so that's what I was expecting. ETN to be a running back that hit like contact, with quick scat back, catch balls off the backfield. To me, ETN's not afraid of contact. He's going he's gonna to put it in there, and he can do it all. I think that ETN should get, to me, he's the better playmaker. He's averaging more yards when he touches the ball, and he's averaging more yards receiving. He's got better hands. To me, give me more of ETN than Robinson. Robinson's going to have to figure out how to be successful, how to be productive with 10 to 15 yards, 10 to 15 carries per game. Yeah, it's Clay Harbor, and, and that's a lot of what we talked about. Those style backs sometimes need 17, 18, 20, 22. Can James figure out with 10, 12, 15 carries to get the production, even if it's not 105 yards or 120 yards, is it 75, 80 yards, but you're still going at four and a half yards a clip or even close to five yards, which James has done at many times in his career. So I, I think it's a fascinating part of it. It's why I think I've talked about it every day here on the show, that what is going to happen with that dynamic as going forward, because this was really the first time we saw ETN pop a bit for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So keep an eye on that backfield of the Jags. Clay Harbor with us here on Brenton Friends on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau here uh, on the road again at the back of the tailgate. And uh, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, along as well back in the Action Sports Jack studios, talking Jaguars, talking about the rest of the NFL. And uh, speaking of the rest of the NFL, Clay, uh, the Eagles win again. I was impressed. I thought the Kyle Murray and, and the Cardinals might get them last week. I thought they were kind of ripe for a loss. How long can the... Eagles keep going undefeated and are we looking at like a 15 and 2 or 14 and 3 kind of season for Philly I think you are I think this team's a real deal and it starts with with QB1 over here and that's Jalen Hurts this guy's incredible he had another good game no touchdown he only had a 90 rating but the guy can get it done on the ground and that's what people we saw at Jacksonville too get 15 carries for 61 yards two touchdowns rushing this guy is basically a running back at quarterback. He's strong. He's fast. He's quick. 
He's making the right decisions in the past game. He's not playing hero ball. He's not forcing anything. If it's a short yard situation, they just put the ball in his hands, and he's tough to stop. We saw it in Jackson when Jacksonville played him. The Jags fans saw it. Jalen Hurts is so good in those shots. I don't have the stats. I'll get him next time. Those short yard situations, he has to be the best at fourth down in the league. And short yard is just give him the quarterback sneak. Two touchdowns last week. And he had an offense like they got. Dallas Goddard had 95 yards and eight catches last week. Devontae Smith, 10 catches, 87 yards last week. A.J. Brown had an off day. But they can still get it to Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. And they have a good defense. They have a top 10 defense. To me, this team, I don't know who's going to beat them. And as long as they play the way they're capable of playing, I mean, I think they're the team to beat in the NFC. And besides the Buccaneers, if Tom Brady pulls that team together, maybe the Packers. I don't see anybody else in the NFC that can beat them. I mean, the Rams aren't playing like the Rams. So, to me, they're going to be the team to beat in a possible Super Bowl run for the Eagles this year. All right, Clay, jump in uh, and stop me when when they're going to lose a game. Casey, you too, and Aaron as well. <laughs> so here we go. Ready? Uh, week six, they get the Cowboys. Anybody? Win. That's a tough one, but it's a win, okay. I think. Cowboys got a good defense, a win. Super I can't imagine you're picking week eight Steelers. That's a win. No. Uh, week nine, Texans. Doubt it. Doubt it. Win. Week 10, no. Commanders. Doubt win. it. Week 11, guys, at the Colts. By that time, could they stumble? No. I think that's a win, too. <laughs> no. Not with that defense, man. All right, here you go. Week 12, Packers? It's possible. It's uh, at home. Uh, in Philly? No. It's in, in Philly. Philly yeah. I'm taking Eagle, but I'm saying that that one I could see Aaron Rodgers. You know, you know, I'm still worried about it. So far, Rodgers. that's the game, yeah. Yeah, week 13, Titans. Uh, and by the way, the Eagles going 17 and 0, 18 to 1 odds right now. Wow, not super long. That's a good bet. Down bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will, Casey. Uh, <laughs> oh, they have a wager in Vegas. I got that. Hold on. It's like Let the, go, hold on. In the commercial break, get on that app, Casey. All right. Uh, hey, when we come back, uh, a little bit more of a trip around the NFL with Clay Harbor and who's getting the final rose here on this Wednesday. We'll be back, Brett and friends, on ESPN 690. Dak Prescott will go through the quarterback school, uh, the movement drills, and so forth, and he'll do some light throwing at the end of practice to the receivers. And you're, as you stand there right now, Cooper is starting Sunday against the Eagles. What are you We are preparing for Cooper to start against the Eagles. That is Mike McCarthy in the running for coach of the year in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> you chuckle. Yeah. I, 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 you're not wrong. I know. It's just a funny thing to hear. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Brian, Day, that whole division is in. It's like Mas saying Suriani. the Jets are in second place. <laughs> I got to chuckle. But how wild is it that, like, if, I don't know what the odds are for Coach of the Year, but it might be those three guys in the NFC East right now. I mean, they might they've, be they're uh, Suriani, out there earning it. Yeah. Abel and, uh, and McCarthy. Brett Martin, no, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz here on a Wednesday 4 o'clock hour. That means Clay Harvard joins us as well. We head out the final rows in just a few minutes. But I want to talk a little bit more uh, in the NFL. Uh, Clay, any chance the Giants are for real? Or is this just a heck of a coaching job right now by Dable that probably can't be sustained? I love Brian Dable. I, you know, I, I played with the New England Patriots for half a year right after I left Jacksonville. Looking back, I should have stayed in Jacksonville. Offered the same contract. I decided to leave you guys. I'm sorry. I should have stayed. You know, that was my bad. 
And um, after they cut me, I realized, damn, I should have stayed in Jacksonville. But uh, Brian Dable was honestly, he's my tight end coach and formed a really good relationship. Got really close to Dable. He taught me so much about the position, about football as a whole. And uh, he's a guy I keep in touch with to this day. And he is that good. His players love him. He's a hard guy. He's hard. And you pay attention to him, but he is a great coach and a great person. And he's a guy that I think could have this team turned around, for real. He's just a guy that the players want to play with, and he's so intelligent as an offensive mind. That is crazy the amount that this guy knows about football. True Bill Belichick disciple, really good human, but an even better coach. Well, they're off to an unbelievable start. And what's interesting is uh, you said he's hard, like so he can be a tough coach, yet the personality mm-hmm. that shows up in the locker room after the game is not very Belichickian. <laughs> Yeah. Have you seen the dancing videos? <laughs> I haven't seen the dancing videos, but if you don't know your stuff, if you don't, if he's quizzing you, if he was quizzing me on a tight on what we're doing that week, and I didn't know the stuff, he was going to use some choice words and tell you that you are. Are you good? Are you seriously think you can play in this league not knowing this? But then he's going to be your buddy. I mean, he's, he's pulling for you. He wants to see you do well, but he's a tough guy. And unless he's changed from back in 2016 when I was playing with him. He's a, he's a tough guy, but he's a guy that, that will laugh and joke and, and celebrate the wins with you. But he's going to keep you accountable and make sure you know what you're doing for sure. Well, right uh, now, Vegas considers him the uh, second most likely to win coach of the year. He's uh, plus 550 right now. Yeah, he should be right there. Who's first on that list? Sirianni at plus 125. Yeah. And then your boy uh, Mike McCarthy is a little further down at plus 1,800. <laughs> I'll bet on Mike. 18. 1,800. 1800 huh? Andy wow. Reid at 2,800. Well, they don't give them to the guys that win all the time. Sure, but maybe, you know, (laughs) maybe that's uh, adversity in the season and then he comes back to win it. Or how about Brandon Staley? Peterson's up there, 1,500. He's in the top five. Okay. Um, Hey, Clay, uh, we had a lot of discussion this week about should we be patient and how patient should we be in Jacksonville with Trevor? Are we going to start getting panicky and, oh, my gosh, it's two games in a row and what was that interception and the five turnovers? I mean, there are some horrific moments. Uh, but at the same time, I look around the league, and, and Derek Carr talked about it yesterday at their 1-4 and four start, this new offense, the adapting to it, the new players. Uh, he's in year eight. Russell Wilson, he's won a Super Bowl. He's, been, he's really struggling in Nathaniel Hackett's offense. They don't look like they're in sync at all. I mean, if those guys are struggling in new offenses that have played the position for almost a decade or more in the NFL, then should do we have to be patient with with Trevor going in system three? If you're talked about college, his last year, last year with Urban, and now this year with Doug at just 23 years old. The crazy thing about the NFL is, is how I mean everybody wants it now, and obviously you see guys like Pat Mahomes who basically came in the league, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert. You see guys like that that just came to the league and started tearing up, but you got to realize that's not the rule. That's not easy to do. And then you got, then you obviously got Jalen Hurts who, who comes in and he's his second year as a starter and he's playing really well, and people want that now. They want it now. So I understand where, that, where that's coming from. Hey, do we, is this guy a player that's, that's going to be a superstar? How come we're seeing... We saw Pat Mahomes do it in year two. How come we saw Josh Allen make that jump in year two? How come we saw Justin Herbert year two? Jalen Hurts, second year as a starter. How come he's an MVP candidate? 
So they look at all these other young quarterbacks and they think that your guy has to do that, but that is not the rule. You know, that's the exception. So I think you got to be patient. And, I, and, and Trevor's showing some great things. And I think this year has a lot left in it. I think Trevor's going to continue to get better. He's showing a lot of good things. You catch the football, this is a different game. Obviously, I'm not making excuses for that interception, but you catch the football in that game, I think they win. If you only have one drop, two drops, maybe I think it's a different ball game. You turn the whole game around. So Trevor's right where he needs to be. I think he's going to keep improving. It's a big game this week, and I think he will. I think he's the guy. Yeah, I think you got to be careful to go three bad games or three bad moments in a row. Like, he's got to come back. He's got to bounce back. He's got to get back some of the mojo, the momentum that he had from those two weeks, week two and three. Uh, before we hand out the final rows, just a quick thought on, I mean, you watch Chicago so closely. And it, it's, is it just a disaster to watch? 88 attempts, by the way, for Justin Fields this year passing. Uh, just for reference, Trevor Lawrence has 113 completions. Oh, my goodness. So, oh, yeah. If, I mean, is there not any really throwing sign, the ball there, at all over there? Are there yeah. any signs of life, Clay, with Fields in, in Chicago? If if the Jags fans want to feel good and they really want to count their blessings, go watch the <laughs> Chicago, watch Chicago. Bears <laughs> Go watch the Bears play. And then come talk to me about, you know, we haven't found our guy. But honestly, Fields, the last couple games, has played better. And you look at last week. He only had 21 attempts, but he went 15 for 21. 200 or 21 attempts, he had 200 yards, and he had a 118 rating. He had eight carry for 47 yards. So he had, a, and he had a couple call back. So Fields had a really good game for Fields, obviously. He's never going to be the guy that slings it 47 times or how many ever times Trevor throws the ball, but he had a good game. And I think Fields is improving. And this, this Bears team, obviously, they, they have over $100 million in cap space next year. They're probably going to have a top five draft position. So there's things to look up to look to, that you're looking forward to in Chicago as far as draft position, a lot of money there. But Fields has got to improve and improve quick. He's got the commanders coming in. We have one of the worst pass defenses, and that's tomorrow. So if you guys want to watch a game, you know, watch that and see how uh, how some of these other teams are struggling to find a quarterback when you got Carson Wentz and Justin Fields playing. But I, I'm still a believer in Justin Fields. I think he can get better and, uh, and, and be a good quarterback. Real quick before the Rose, if you end up with one of the first picks in the draft, whether it be number one, no. two, three, or whatever, are, no. you, are you picking up the quarterback no. or no? No. No. <laughs> I'm giving Fields. I'm giving He, guys, he has nothing around him. He's, he's, got, he's got Brent running routes out there trying to get open, basically, <laughs> besides Mooney. I mean, this isn't good. I mean, it's there is nobody getting open, and this old line is is probably the worst pass blocking offensive line in the league. He's got pressures in his face as soon as the ball snapped, and he's got to be quicker delivering the ball. But some of these plays, as soon as the snap, he's getting tackled. Clay, so I think he, you, you, got to you undervalue me as an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's losing weight now. He's getting a little bit uh, more athletic as he loses the weight. Uh, all right, give Did out that final. Sports, right? <laughs> Not football, baseball. Okay. Uh, so let's go out to the baseball field. I'll throw BP, see if you can hit it. Okay. Sounds like a challenge yeah. to me. <laughs> hey, give out a final rose. What you got? Do we have anybody from Sunday? Yeah, we got we got some people here still. Um I thought Devin Lloyd still played okay. You know, he had uh, 11 tackles, six solos. But uh, there's only one guy, well, two guys. I want to say Evan Ingram uh, as a tight end. I really enjoyed watching you have seven catches. But 
My rows can only go to one person, and that's Travis Etienne. Ten carries, 71 yards, three catches, 43 yards. I want to get you more involved in the offense. Hopefully when Doug sees this rose that you have, he'll remember that you should get the ball more. So Travis Love Etienne, it. will you accept this rose? He will. He will. There you go. <laughs> Travis Etienne. It's my favorite line of the rose. The best. Will. You need to make that a T-shirt. <laughs> uh, hey, man, have a, have a good week. Uh, thanks for uh, jumping in for the hour as always. We'll do it again next Wednesday. Hopefully the Jags coming off a win and get back on track. Absolutely. Let's go. All right, uh, that is Clay Harper, former Jags tight end, former Eagles tight end, uh, former Bachelor star, handing out the rose. They always accept it, Aaron. They always accept it. They will. <laughs> <laughs> More with Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, I'm Brett Marco, Brett's friends, Football at 5 on ESPN 690 right after this. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 